weekend. The first weekend is in the books already. A lot of different things happen. A lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously, it's Windaily Sports. This is the early lock show. Get you caught up on all the talk, whether it be lines, whether it be props, whether it be DFS. You name it. I'm Tony. This is Jason. You know the deal. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the smash button. You know everything to do. Uh, obviously, sponsored by the Sharp App, your one-stop shop for all things sports betting. Jason. Opening weekend, we're four games in for most teams, some three depending on postponements. But man, we're looking at a very exciting week coming up. Man, any any first thoughts when we're going into this this next first week of baseball? Technically, first thoughts, man, is I'm looking at a Phillies jersey and I got a Mets hoodie on. I got the Wind Daily blue, Royal blue Mets hat on, and we're gonna battle this out, man. We're gonna battle. It's a big series. It's early. But it's Mets versus Phillies, and I think those are the top two teams in NL East. Not as worried about the Braves. Kind of worried about your lineup. You got a, a pretty strong lineup, and they started out pretty hot. And I really like what I saw out of Chris Bassett. So that was a big sign for the Mets to have that guy just in case the Grom does not come back. I'm a little worried about the Grom. I, I really am, man. That, that's I would a I would that's be. a big arm that's game-changing. Like That's the arm that gets us to a late playoff run, and that's the arm that kind of crushes my soul if he never comes back this season. But I won't be surprised, man. Yeah, listen, that it's such a shame when, you know, and, and this is, again, we know we're Philly, Mets, I get it, but he's one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in the game. And when you don't have that for your product, whether you're a Philly fan, and it doesn't matter. It's not good for the game, man. It's not good for the game. So I wish him the best, and I want to see him on the mound just as much as you do, man. So with him, like, I'll say this. I'll be quick with it. <laughs> I never liked a, to watch a pitcher more than him. And I watched Gooden early on in my life. Watching the Grom was, like, laughable because he just throws a fastball right by you every time. It's like, how is he this good? And he, he's just getting miles per hour. but. Now it's like a tease, like he's the best thing, but we're not going to see him. It's like, this doesn't, it doesn't feel good knowing that he ended last year. You didn't know what was really what was wrong. Then you haven't heard anything spring training. And then like a day before the season starts, ah, he's going to be on the shelf for a month, which means two months in, in baseball terms. So let's not talk about that because I'm already getting upset as a Met fan. I know a part of you somewhere inside, I'd be happy if, uh, Bryce Harper was out of the lineup the whole year. Like, I'm going to be real, man. I, I'd rather him not in the lineup. I, I'm sure you'd rather the ground not be there. Yeah, but I'd rather it not be because of injury. That's my thing. Yeah. Because, I, honestly, listen, this guy, I'll see if you agree with this. The last thing I'll say about it, but. You know, we watched Randy Johnson for years being that intimidating figure from the left-hand side. With his size and his the way he pitches off the mound, he is that Randy Johnson from the right-hand side. That's how intimidating he is. So, Randy, Randy was a little scary with that lettuce coming out of his hair, man. He was a scary dude, man. When he when he killed that bird, is like for every for the the only guy I ever see kill a bird while pitching. If you haven't seen it, go check the highlights on YouTube, whatever. But like Randy was a dude that. You remember your guy, John Crook, he threw the, the oh, helmet around the All-Star game. The All-Star game, yep. He, he could kill you, man. He could kill you. Yeah, yeah. He, he was very intimidating. But let, 
one thing I'll say, we're going to go into this slate, and there's not a lot of intimidating arms in this slate. So, unfortunately, but that's okay. Um, as always, we're going to start with the get your stack on. We're talk about who we should look at, get you ready for your DFS lineups. And, and Jason, the first thing we're going to talk about is we got two formidable lineups that have a lot of value in each. You have the Cleveland Guardians. I got to get used to saying that, right, um, that really put up some decent numbers. Then you have this young and veteran mix of the Cardinals who just seem to continue to play and get better no matter what from free agency to farm system. But early on, man, the Cardinals, what do you see from this team as, as the stack and this potential today? Like one through six, you got speed and power throughout, man. Like any of these guys can go deep. Carlson, Goldschmidt, O'Neal, Arenado, Dickerson, DeYoung, and then you got like guys like Bader and Edmund at the bottom of the lineup. But let's not talk, you know, forget about Molina there too. One through nine, professional hitters. You can't really say that about most lineups these days. So I like them. And then the Guardians who I got this love-hate relationship with them because they let me down so many times last year. But in this slate, you know, four-gamer or five-gamer, you know, they're in a situation here that, Ramirez started off hot. Reyes, Quan, Straw, Rosario gets a little weaker towards the end, but you get some value maybe out of, out of a Bradley or Mercado there. I want to say in that top seven, Cardinals can go one through nine, but the, the Guardians do have some power there. Nice, soft matchup against KC. But those are two obvious ones. I'll point out one quick one. A team that you like, a team that I like, a team that would be lower owned for leverage You know, on this type of slate are the Baltimore Orioles because a lot of people are going to be pitching Hauser. I will have lineups with Hauser, but I think the Orioles are super sneaky. Hitters Park, Baltimore, cheap bats. Outside of Mullins, everybody is super cheap. You got guys that you'll mention, I'll mention in, in a second here. Baltimore is sneaky for leverage because I do think Hauser, Saval, and Hudson are probably going to be 30 40 to 50% owned. Yeah, I mean, listen, we I wrote the Baltimore wagon last year, and I know our man. Listen, I gotta get see it is crazy because he's talking about the Orioles. Wait, I heard him last week. He was all in on the Orioles, so uh, we'll see. But they also they have some very very valuable names, our valuable numbers in that lineup. Um, and one I'll bring up right now, my FFVP is going to be Trey Mancini, twenty nine hundred. I mean. These are these are guys that can get you ultimate value. I wrote Mountcastle last year. I wrote Satander last year. Obviously, Cedric Mullins just kept getting better and better each week. I think he started out last year at like a three thousand dollar number. Before you know it, he's at fifty five hundred because he is that good. They play in a, a very good ballpark, a hitter friendly ballpark in Camden Yards. So it's definitely a good team to watch out for. But on the other side. Let's talk about the arms early, and we're talking about the ace of the thing. And this is going to be tough. Full transparency. Everybody knows. We're talking about fourth and fifth starters on this Monday. You have to think about it. So take that into perspective. Not every team has a five-man deep rotation. So uh, obviously everybody's going to be at Saval. But, Jason, one of those, Dakota Hudson, I know I was really high on it on our serious show. I know you talked about it as well. 8,100. Is this a guy you think you can build your team around? Yeah, listen, man, cheap. I think Saval and Hauser are probably the two most owned pitchers on this slate. Hudson, you know, look, it's an over-under of eight right now on DraftKings. He's the biggest favorite on the slate, minus 195. The pitching props aren't up as of yet, but 
it makes a lot of sense to go Hudson, man. Get a slight discount, especially if you're going to be stacking the Cardinals, hoping the Cardinals get out early, give this kid some breathing room. Hopefully he goes five. Hopefully he gets the win. And that's all you really need. Look, a lot of people are on pitch counts here. A lot of these starters early and late slate will be on pitch counts. A lot of these studs haven't been too studly. And Milwaukee, for example, I'm not going to say it's going to happen to a fourth straight guy, but there is a trend. Burns, Woodruff, Peralta all did not hit value. All got hit hard. So I wouldn't be shocked if Hauser gets hit. So if you want to come off what could be some chalk, you can go Hudson and Saval, two guys that are heavy favorites to win you know, their game. or Well, Saval's not really a heavy favorite. He's minus 105, but Hudson minus one, 195 is in a good spot. I will have a couple shares of Hauser, but not too much. And I'll throw out a name. Tony we spoke about this guy. I'll throw it out there. If you want to get cute and you want to get really different and you want to stack up your lineup and have more power bats and more expensive bats in your lineup, Austin Gomber, he had some big games, man. He had some big games in Coors Field against some really good offenses of the Padres and the Dodgers. And look, this offense that he's going against doesn't really scare me. It's the Rangers. They got a couple of good bats. Semyon and Seager and, and Garcia there. But outside of that, I can see a way Gomber gets to value. Give me 10 to 15 points from a guy that is the lowest priced pitcher on the slate at 5,700. I'll have a share or two to get different and load up on some bats. That's a good point. I mean, because again, this is a, you know, I don't know about you, but no matter how much I try to build, it's very hard to take two top aces. I mean, you're talking about 110 to 19600. You're talking about 20,000 plus on two guys. That's really difficult, right? That's really difficult. So these are going to be a, a, a good name to watch. I know we mentioned me, Adam, that's a couple last week. Uh, you know, even like, I hate to say it in Philly the other day we were we were talking about Kyle Gibson he was 7700 the guy goes out he gets 35 dk I mean that that's a huge number and and they're the kind of things that we have to look at when building um these lineups for sure um so again this is a tough one because we're talking about guys are fourth and fifth rotation guys but let's before we get to the gas can segment which is pretty cool the guys that we want to kind of look at and, and and hit up against let's look at the late stacks Jason so we're we're talking about um, the Rays and the Braves, and both of these teams. I think you're gonna, you know, you're gonna tell the audience about this. Uh, the very, very valuable numbers when we're talking about these lines, especially from the Rays standpoint. Yeah, for anybody out there looking to make bets, you're in a legal state too. I do like the Cardinals team total over on the Cardinals in the early slate, and I do like the team total over for the Rays as well here in Tampa Bay. They're coming in. The over-under right now in DraftKings, as we're speaking, is eight. They're going to be under-owned for that particular reason. They're going against Paul Blackburn. This guy's not going to be out there for too long. Lowe's already hit a home run. These guys are cheap. Outside of uh, Wander Franco here, they're all cheap. They're all affordable. You know, Choi's at 4000 If Mejia gets to start at, at catcher 3200 with the platoon in his advantage, you know, you got – Outfielders, a Rosarena expensive, but depending on who they start, Phillips or Lowe in the outfield with Kermeyer, they're all cheap. They're all affordable, so you can really stack them up. And look, Atlanta hasn't really broken out as of yet, but this team hit the ball last year. It should be warmer weather down there in Atlanta as well. 
So I like the righty bats. I'm going to try to target the righties. Austin Riley, Duvall, Ozuna probably will all start, but you can mix and match your Atlanta bats. There's, there's guys like Swanson. His price has come down to 4200 Darno, his price has come down as well. Also, his first home run, 5400 I'll probably stay away from him. A little bit too expensive on the slate, but these power bats in the outfield and Riley is, is where I'm going to go. Mix and match, Tampa Bay, Atlanta. My two favorite stacks as we speak right now. You want to throw in Toronto. You want to throw in the Angels in two good spots. And I don't want to talk too much trash tone, but, you know, the Mets, they've been hitting. They've been hitting a little bit. You know, your guy Suarez, not too worrisome. So, you know, maybe maybe the Mets, but they're definitely in, in this spot. Probably not your top-tier stack. But, look, you, you can't count out Alonzo or Marte or any of these bats. McNeil's been hitting, swinging a hot bat, too. But, you know, at the bottom of this lineup, it does get a little weak with the Mets. So I'm not going to go all in on the Mets, but – I think a one-off or, or, or two- or three-man stack could work for the Mets. Let me ask you something about Austin Riley because I'm, I'm very curious about this because we're in Philly, we're, we're dealing with the same thing with Alec Boehm. You know, Austin Riley was another kid who came up, got sent back down, um, and then last year comes up and just lights out. I mean, we talked about this. You've said it multiple times. How did how did Atlanta win a World Series last year, right? Uh, you know, losing your best player, Ronald Acuna. Uh, so, it is. It's nuts, but – do you think that Austin Riley can replicate the same year? I mean, I know it's tough. It's a hard question, but just, you know, at, at what you see from him, because he was the centerpiece batting cleanup for a team that won the World Series at a young age. So I, I, I really think, honestly, my opinion, I think he can, I definitely think he can replicate it. What do you think? You threw out a name to me on Sirius. You said a name that not many people can can think of. Richie Sex. I'm going to throw a name oh, back at you. You said sex. Alec. You said Alec Baum. Richie Sexton. I'm going to say Austin Riley. Troy Gloss. Ooh. Same type of guy. Built, big body. Kind of works. He kind of he reminds me of each other. So man. I think look, this guy. He's big man, and he got bats around him, and he's young. Look, he it could be. I'm not going to say you know a one hit and and he kind of you know starts falling off here, but I think he looked pretty good defensively. He can hold it down at third base as well. And the numbers weren't just straight power last year, man. He was hitting with power and hitting with average. Over you don't see too many major leaguers these days hit for over 300, 35 home runs and 115 RBIs. He was doing everything and playing every day. So. I think if I had to invest in a player long-term, Riley would be a guy I would invest in. And I think the Braves could break out here. This is a nice little matchup. I'm trying to stay away from cold weather, you know, as much as I can. You know, that's why I, I kind of like the Rays indoor, you know, the Braves down south in a situation that they they should be able to show up here and put up some runs. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Troy Gloss. He, you know, Troy Gloss for me that he looked like the. I'm gonna make you laugh a little bit, but it's almost like a Tommy boy, but like like fat boy in a little coat. It was almost like big boy with a little bat. Like the the bat looked so small that Troy Gloss used to use. It was crazy, big dude, man. Really was, big dude. That's why. God, he was a big guy. Uh, but speaking of big guys, listen, we got we got to talk about the ace of the slate late. And hey, listen, 
obviously me and Jay's were talking you could pick your your three right there's a top three off the top but we got to pick one and we got to look at the guy that we're going to zone on i know jay's going to talk about a guy that lower tier level just like he mentioned about gomer he'll mention this as well but chris flexen for me i i i mean i don't know how you feel but i look at this slate and i'm like okay do i want to pay 10 to for Manoa and some people will and obviously nothing wrong with that right so but then he's like how can I save a little money and maybe get the same kind of result uh Chris Flexen's going up against Dylan Bondi uh going up against Minnesota uh and, and my whole point is I'm looking at a Minnesota team that likes to swing and miss a lot a lot of power hitters on that team so they're going to chase some pitches so uh again even though they put up a lot of runs you know this week you know today actually hit, hit a couple home runs with Buxton and Korea I just think that Flexen is going to be able to get some swing and misses I don't know what about you with Chris Flexen um not in love but uh, full disclosure, I'm not in love with any pitcher on this late slate. When you're dealing with number three, number four, number five starters here, it's going to get dicey. And you're looking just to avoid these types of landmines that are that are possibly out there. And when you got Chris Flexen going out, you have a situation that, hey, you either decide to go against the Yankees and go with Manoa, you decide to go with Alex Wood and go against San Diego. So take the lesser of the two battles. And I see your path of success. This guy was pretty consistent, not lights out by any means, not top prospect, not top K rate. So a lot of people will go to Manoa, but the Yankees can hit, but they also strike out a lot. So for me, I'm going to have shares of Manoa. I'll probably have a share or two of flexing because I believe in, in what you're saying here. Alex Wood, I think he's probably the safer of the bunch. You know, Pitchers Park in San Diego without Tatis doesn't worry me. But I'll talk about two other guys that you can save on and and really load up on bats and focus more on your bats, you know, when you're talking about number four, number five starters. These guys are nobody we're in love with. You know, take some shots. When there's guys and there's aces out there, Let's just throw uh, whoever you want to call it, Max Scherzer, or when DeGrom comes back, you just pay the price and you, and you find salary elsewhere to get different. But in situations like this, when you're talking about number four, number five starters, I like to pivot down. And Yanoa is in a situation, I watched the games against the Mets, and the Nats outside of Soto are complete trash. There's nothing really in that lineup that does anything. No power. They can't get on base. They're striking out. Bassett was mowing them down. Carrasco was mowing them down. Scherzer mowing them down. So not a team that really has anything outside of Soto. So I think you know at 8,600 will be in line for a win, and he can go out there and strike out four or five guys, and I'm completely happy with that. And then opposite of Flexen, GPP only, but I'll throw him out potentially in the single entry, is Dylan Bundy. 5,600. He is the cheapest or the second cheapest pitcher on the slate. And Seattle, man, this is a lineup to attack. I know they're winning games, and and they played well last year, but, Tone, tell me one guy in this (laughs) Seattle lineup that you're like, oh, damn, man, like I don't want to face this guy three or four times. He could, you know, go deep twice. Is there anybody in Seattle that you're like, oh, got to worry about this dude? No, and that's the crazy part is, like we were talking about this off air, and we were talking about this on Sirius as well. You know, you're talking about, I mean, is Winker their their, their biggest guy? I, I honestly think they're best Hanager. hitter. Yeah, I think yeah. Hanager's the best hitter. Suarez yeah. is a strikeout machine. 
right? <laughs> he, he was in Cincinnati, and now he's going to be in Seattle, right? Adam Frazier, am I wearing J.P. Crawford? I mean, Sousa Jr., I, I don't Billy Hamill. I, these guys really don't scare me, Jason, at all. I think it's yes. pivot. I like this pivot. Yeah, fifty six hundred. He's cheap, man. There's not much in between. Like this Miami, L A game. It's gonna be a bullpen game. I'm out there on Rogers, Martinez, trash. You know, Taiwan Walker, interesting, but he's gonna be on a pitch count to my yeah. knowledge. I'm gonna check that throughout the day. Um, if he's not on a pitch count, maybe. But if he is, I, I don't want to take a chance there. And then Alex Wood, man. I think Wood is safe. He has some upside. San Diego is playing without Tatis. I, I could be sold on a lot more wood than I, than I may want to go into, but he was consistent last year, man, putting up around 16 points a game. He has upside into the you know mid-20s, maybe 25, 26. And then every once in a while in the right matchup, look, Pitchers Park, San Diego outside of Machado and a couple bats, you know, like Cronenworth, not a team that is that great. They're, they're, they're banged up without Tatis. Luke Voigt. Good hitter, professional hitter. Will Myers has been struggling out the gate. K's a lot. So I think Alex Wood might be your safest with the matchup in a home park. I think that this is now, this is going to, can, can we have a little breaking news here? Because I, I'm going to have some fun with you, Jason. Because uh-huh. I, no, no, because like right now, we got to, we got to break this. You just said one of the best all time gimmicks for a t shirt. That I can think of. You just said sold on more wood. Like I'm no pun intended here. Okay, but we're gonna we're gonna get a shirt that says sold on more wood. That's all right. Uh, just have a little fun here over here on the Wind Daily Sports Show. So make sure you're following. This is the early lock show. As always, you're gonna see it the night before. We're getting you the early looks, the early numbers, the early pivots back and forth. Uh, Wind Daily Sports is where you find us. Make sure you're following us on all social formats. And again, sponsored by the Sharp App, your one-stop shop for all things sports betting. Now, Jason, what we're gonna do now. Is we're gonna get to a fun segment, and I know we talked about this as being one of your favorite movies of all time, right? And I know if everybody knows what this is from, it's like when Rick Vaughn enters the building, right? For you know, in, in major league. So we're just gonna be the gas can segment where we talk about two guys, one early, one late, that we want to attack. Now, I think we already know. We talked about the Cardinals, right? So Zach Thompson for the Pirates. We talked about that. Is you know, I look at this as a guy that we want to attack because obviously we're talking about a Cardinal stack. So it kind of goes two and two together. Now, for me, it's Zach Thompson. For you, are you with the Zach Thompson train, or do you think there's another R you want to attack on Listen, early? man, I don't know if you heard me, but I told you I'm with you on the Cardinal stack, and I told you I'm gonna bet the over on the Cardinals team total once it comes out. So we're aligned here, man. We are aligned here. We're in New York, baby. Yeah. First time only, maybe last time we agree on something on the show together. But, yeah, I think that's the way to go. And I'm kind of shocked, man. Like, the line right now is eight. I I don't get why it's eight. I I think this game, from a team total perspective, I like St. Louis because I'm going to pitch Hudson as well. They're favored minus 195. They're at home. And they've been smashing, you know, one through nine. Like, the fact that Tommy Edmond is batting ninth in his lineup tells you something because he's actually a really good hitter. He's got pop. He's got speed. It's a second leadoff. I know why they're doing it, but that's how deep this lineup is. So the Cardinals ride these trends early. You know, if you can figure out which teams are hitting well early, ride that till it stops. 
and the Cardinals haven't really stopped. I think they're the best lineup early, and I agree with you, man. That's that's the team that I want to go press on. Yeah, want, listen, 100%. And I'm going to echo the same thing I said on Sirius. I, I will say, in my opinion, I know, you know, Adam usually tells, they, he calls me a psycho. I'm a psycho better here. But um, Dakota Hudson, for me, is going to be the top pitcher of the early slate. Five innings, eight strikeouts. I'm telling you, we're going to. Eight's we're gonna a play. lot, man. Eight's eight, a lot. Eight is a I lot. We're, I'm going to climb that ladder double. You said a over and under could be four. I'm going to I'm going to put another rung on that ladder, climb it up double at eight. So we'll see. It's a Pittsburgh Pirates. So just I want to see you bet that. I want to see you bet the over, whatever it is. I will. Bet the five and a half. Then bet the six and a half and the seven and a half and, and cash all those bets. I want a screenshot of all those bets cashed tomorrow, man. You want every wrong on the ladder. You don't want to. You got to do it, man. Like those ladder bets really work, you know, because yeah. it can, like basketball for sure. When we're talking about basketball, like yeah. if you like a guy and his assist total is six, you could run it up to seven, eight, nine, ten. And it's not like inconceivable that he goes out there and, you know, drops a double double and gets 10 assists and, new role, new opportunity that goes out and does it. With baseball, you can do it with K's, man. You can get those alternative lines and go up a couple notches because if we did it the other day with Bassett, like I got Bassett at four and a half. I think he finished with seven or eight, somewhere in that range. I don't remember. I was happy when he, I won the bet. But, like, you could have knocked it out. And by the time you got up top, you probably got, like, plus 300, plus 400 odds. And then you nail all the other ones on the way down. You could have a really good day just hitting one bet and one play right where you got – your projection saying that the books are wrong. Yeah, we we, we used to do that with the three pointers um, on the NBA show. Uh, Lamelo Ball, Terry Rozier were huge for that. Kyrie, Dejounte Murray uh, with the assist prop. Uh, Trey Young for the three pointer. I mean, so many times we could hit those different ladders. So yeah, you're right. I mean, that's definitely something we have to look at. So let's look at the late gas game. And again, I don't think it's no secret. Uh, but we talked about Blackburn because uh, we obviously we talked about that race stack. I mean, are, are we going to be aligned once again here, Jay? Are, are Philly and New York coming together again? Yeah, I think we're aligned and we're going against Vegas here too, man, because these are like oh. two of the lowest te- lowest game totals on the board. Both of them at eight, but we really like these lineups. I think we like them for value and we yes. like them for some power and the combination that they provide. And, yeah, I'm not a fan of Blackburn, man. I don't think it's going to be a long game for him. You know, maybe going two innings, three innings here. So it's a situation that we can attack. And what I love about the race, too, you know, shout out to our guy, Brian, who, who used to do a lot of our content and win daily. They're going to be under-owned. They're under-owned every single slate. So there could be a situation that the Blue Jays can jump Tylon or the Yankees can get to Manoa here. Those are two really good offenses here. I think there's a way that the Mets get to Suarez. But if you told me one team right now, it's the Rays. If you want to throw a a long shot, even though it's not a long shot, because I think they're going to be over-owned in this slate. But the Angels, you know, the Angels are going to have a bullpen game, you know, with Eliza Hernandez who's coming off injury. He'll probably only go two or three innings. Vegas likes this game over under nine and a half highs on the game. But I'm going to be fading this because – Unlike UNC, man, I respect Mike Trout. I respect Otani. I have respect for Walsh as a come up. Love Walsh. But Rendon down, I just don't like Rendon's game. I just, just wait. Something about it is just one of those guys that 
I just don't I don't respect his game, even though I know he's good at what he does. But the rest of that lineup is trash to me. So I think I think the Angels will be over owned, but I think they could pay off because Trout is really good at baseball, and so is Otani. And Trout hit a bomb the other day. He got robbed on a home run. He said, "Screw that! I'm hitting a ball like 420 of that. It's gonna hit rocks, and nobody's gonna catch." So Trout's the real deal. He's gonna have a bounce back season here if he stays healthy. But I asked you on serious. And we'll end on this. Trout has been getting hurt a little too often. Tatis is the guy that we both kind of agree on. For the season-long guys out there, for the fantasy, you know, dynasty players out there, who's more worrisome? I think we're both going to say Tatis. But is Trout, like, close on that meter as far as injury-prone? I don't think so. I don't. I I think he's just had some tough luck lately. Um, and obviously he's the older player, uh. So it concerns me more that Tatis is getting hurt at a, a very frequent rate at such a young age. So uh, usually that stuff will carry throughout your career. It sucks to say that, and I hope it doesn't because it's only good for Tatis to be in the game. Uh, but Mike Trout, I think he just has a spawn of bad luck. I do think he's going to have a bounce back year, but Jason, let's end on this too. Yeah, I know where you're going to say, you're going to think I'm jigsaw crazy again, but I did happen to mention, and I'm sticking with it, that Jarrett Walsh will have more home runs in that lineup than Mike Trout this year. I I'll, know, take, I, I'll take that bet any day of the week, man. Know. Uh, Trout, you know, Walsh is good. He hit one, Trout hit one. I'm just going to play the odds, man. I know yeah. you're the... The give me good money line odds. Give me the plus 300s or 400s. I don't even know. Like, Vegas won't have that bet out there, obviously. But, that's yeah, that, that that's fun. one. Yeah, that's one I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Trout. But who's going to win this series, Mets or Phillies, man? What do you got here? Are you feeling good? We haven't. We, this is supposed to be the show we're talking shit to each other about the Phillies and the Mets. We haven't even mentioned the game. You don't want to bet the Mets game. Theo, Theo, if you're still listening, I'm trying to get this dude to make a bet with me. Make a bet with me that the loser has to show up in the other guy's town and go to a game in that park. So I want to make a bet. Anybody listen, get us on Twitter, hop in our Discord chat, and tell me what the bet should be that Tony has to accept, I have to accept. It's a win-win for me, man. I need a vacation. Philly's a slight <laughs> vacation for me. It'll be a party either town we go to. Um, but we have to make a bet, and the loser has to go to the other city. Tony would have to come to City Field and watch a Met game versus the Phillies, or I'll have to go to Philly and watch a Met game versus Philly. So we want to know what the bet is. I'm waiting for Tony to propose the bet. I'm down for any action, whatever it is. I'm down for the action. Pick a day, pick a bet. Let's get it to it so I can start telling my wife that I got to take this trip to Philly because I lost this bet and somebody I work with. And I'll play that up really well so I can get away for a couple of days and, and hang out Be in Philly. Careful. Listen, uh, full transparency. Listen. Oh, man. No, here's not that hard, man. Come no, on. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. Listen, you have to be careful. You know, I do have the nickname Dixall, but I'll tell you what, man. 
my wife, I don't think you want to go to battle with her. So if, if I if I lose a bet and I'm telling her I have to go to New York, <laughs> she may be coming with me and coming for you. I'm just going to tell you, she can throw down. I'm telling you, she can throw down. So you better be careful on that. Uh, but listen, everybody for tuning in, we appreciate it as always. Listen, make sure you're following all the great content here at Windale Sports. WindaleSports.com. Every day, the articles drop every day. We have a stack article. We have an MLB strategy article. We have a picks and props article. We have a rotation article, man. We have so much stuff going on makes my head spin uh we're doing daily shows daily content hitting numbers having a great discord family so we want to keep that there and as always everybody thanks for tuning in so jason like we always do i always do with adam i ask you know are any final thoughts going into this week what's on jason's mind final thoughts going into this week what do you got final thoughts chris bassett looked really well you know he looked really good man i love that pickup and if you haven't seen the video he kind of got interviewed after the game talking about Juan Soto. Great interview. Like, I had a respect for him after he hit that K-prop for me. And then, like, his respect level went up, like, two extra levels. I like the gay guy, gamer, went out there, pitched his heart out, and said, look, I'm not scared of anybody in this league. I'm going after him. So, Chris Bassett, check mark in my book. One of my favorite Mets as of right now. You know, I love Scherzer and DeGrom and Alonzo and all these guys, but – Lindor's got to step up, man. This guy has to be a better version of himself last year. Better version of like, – I want a better version of Jose Reyes in his prime. That's what I want out of Lindor. I don't want this guy striking out three times a game. We need this guy to step up. We need to ground back. And I hope that the Mets can go out there and do their thing. The one thing I do know, Tom, Buck Showalter, good coach, good manager, but – he typically doesn't win the World Series. It's the year after that he wins, that he loses and somebody else wins. It's happened a couple times in his career. So I might be a couple years away, but Buck is old. So, like, he might only have a couple years for the Mets, and I might get that that World Series ring, hopefully before I'm 40. I want to ask you one, one question. Now we're over time. I'm going to get in trouble. And you and Adam are going to yell at me in Discord. Yes. But at, at what point in time, as a Met fan, can I feel like a Cubs fan or a Red Sox fan? We're going on like 30 something years. How many more years so I can like put myself in that spot? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I yeah, I think you got to go. How long are you going now? You're 30. 86. Plus? It's 86. 86 so right? we're. Wow. I mean, 30, 35, six years, 30, 35 30. years, whatever the math works out. To, is it 50? Do I got to like, I can I start 40. crying at 50 or 40. 40 is good? I'll give you 40. I'll give you 40. Yeah, because I hope we don't hit that number, man. I really don't want before you. So I'll give you that. So for you, how's that? Uh, We'll end on that. We will make this bet eventually. So make sure you get discord and make sure you're following us on all social formats. Get get on Twitter as well. uh, Wherever you're at, wherever you listen, make sure we know who you are. But as always, we'll be back here tomorrow night. Make sure you watch us all day. Your updates will be in discord as always. And listen, if you want to comment on YouTube, make sure you comment on YouTube too. We'll make sure we get to your question or your comment as well there. So as always for Jason, for Tony, for Wendell, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. We'll catch you back here tomorrow. Night.